Now let us listen for what God has to say to us as we hear from the Bible. Let's have our first reading, please. The first reading is taken from 1 Samuel 17, verses 1a and 4 to 11. Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Soko in Judah. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze, weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs he wore bronze, bronze greaves and the bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you'll become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistines said, This day I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. And the second reading is from Job 38, 1 to 11. The Lord speaks. Then the Lord answered Job out of the storm. He said, Who is this that darkens my counsel with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me, if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? Who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness? When I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place, when I said, this far you may come and no further, here is where your proud waves halt. We've just heard the story of David and Goliath played out beautifully through the medium of eggs and oven gloves. And by now, you're probably pretty familiar with the story. The heroic face of David, who defeated Israel's largest enemy. And it's easy, when we read or hear the story, to focus on David. Little David, 
shepherd David, going out to face a mighty giant. A giant who was strutting and taunting the Israelites, threatening all sorts of things, should the Israelites not send out someone worthy as an opponent. A giant who looked like he was already a winner. He was mocking David, laughing at this boy and wondering if it was some sort of joke. We know all about that. We know all about the slings and the stones. And we know how David came up trumps and defeated the enemy of his people. But there's a part of this story that we are in danger of missing while we concentrate on the familiar bit. And I'm talking about one of the events that led up to this epic showdown. The reading we've just had from Samuel, if we read on just a little more, we would find this. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armour on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Saul had offered David his own armour. This was quite an honour, but there was a major problem. David was only a teenage boy, and Saul was physically fit. He was tall, well buff, if you like. Simply put, Saul's armour didn't fit David. It probably looked like a toddler trying to wear his dad's shirt or his mum's high heel shoes. Even if it had fit, David had never worn armour before. He wasn't a soldier. He was a simple shepherd boy. And it was because of his training that the weapon he opted to use was something a shepherd would use. A sling and some stones. And we know what happened from there. God gave David a glorious victory. The giant was conquered and the Israelites were on top once more. You might be wondering, why on earth is she focusing on the armour? Why isn't she focusing on David slaying the giant? Surely that's the important bit. Surely that's the thrust of the story. I don't know about you, but I can sometimes fall into the trap of comparing my talents with the talents of others. I look at others and they seem to have it all sewn up. They walk around oozing confidence about their life, their faith, their everything. And I catch myself wondering how much easier it would be if I were like that. 
Sometimes we can obsess over the things we can't do or the things we used to be able to do instead of improving on the things that we can do. It's almost as though we're saying, God, I think you've made a mistake. You've given me the wrong talents. And I'm not sure that this is the kind of attitude that brings glory to God or brings us closer to him. Sometimes when we face a difficult situation, we look to the example of others. Brave people. Spiritual heavyweights, mighty warriors for God. And we try to wear their armour. To be like them and act like them. Maybe because we think that God will like us more. Or whatever we will be doing will work better. Sometimes it does work. It goes well, it succeeds. But we can end up feeling frazzled because we're trying to wear someone else's armour, someone else's life as our own. And it just doesn't fit. Let's just turn that on its head for a moment. These other people that we admire and want to emulate... What if there are things that they say or do that we don't agree with? What if we find ourselves thinking, I could never believe that? Or, I don't think God's like that. Does that make us or them wrong? I don't think so. I think that when it comes to meeting God, the variations are endless. And he meets us in a myriad of ways. Ways that are specific to our lives and situations. And that means we all end up with a different picture of God and what he wants from us. We don't have to believe exactly what our neighbour believes. We don't have to pray the same way or worship in the same way. We just have to love God and be prepared for him to challenge our thinking and possibly move us to a different place spiritually, to a place that fits us better. Confession time. I must admit that it does annoy me sometimes to see people say things about God or do things for God in a way that I wouldn't or couldn't. My way must be better, mustn't it? But we're all learning what God wants for us and we must all journey with him in obedience and humility, acknowledging that he is the one who is right. And it is God who will ultimately carry us through our confusion and frustration into the place where we should be. Many of you will have seen the film Chariots of Fire. And it shows Eric Liddell in a gallant come-from-behind victory. It is said that Liddell had the most awkward running style of any athlete of his time. Ian Charleston, the actor who played Liddell, said that it was difficult to reproduce his running style because he ran with his head back. 
And when Charleston tried it, he kept running off the track or bumping into another runner. By the sixth day of filming, Charleston said he finally understood what Eric Liddell must have been doing. And he recalled that in drama school, he and others had role-played trust exercises. They had run as hard as they could toward a wall, trusting that someone would stop them. And he said, I suddenly realised Liddell must have run like that. He must have run with his head up and literally trusted to get there. He ran with faith. He didn't even look where he was going. Little left behind his great athletic career and the promise of a celebrity lifestyle in Britain to become a missionary in China. He ended up in a Japanese concentration camp and he died at a relatively young age of a brain tumour. But Eric Little died as he ran with his head up, trusting. His favourite words were, absolute surrender and be still my soul. And his final words to his friends were simply, it's complete surrender. I'll give you a personal example. I can't knit, or sew, or really do anything creative. God has, however, given me other gifts. doesn't mean I've got it sussed, or that it makes me better than anyone else, but I've started to figure out that maybe these are the gifts I can use. They're not accidental. They're not a byproduct of something else. They are there because God has made a conscious decision to give them to me. God didn't instill that level of trust in Liddell for the fun of it. And God didn't trust to choose David by accident so that one day he could fill a few pages in a book he was writing. God used Liddell's faith and trust to reach out to others. And he chose David because of what he brought. His experience, his training and his faith. Do you frequently compare yourselves to others? Are you trying to wear someone else's armour and trying to make it fit? I wonder why we put ourselves through it. All these people that are desperate to be... Sorry. All, all these people that we are desperate to be like because they're sorted. I wonder why it never occurs to us that the reason they look so confident in their life because it is their life. They've figured out what's important, what counts, and with perhaps a few glitches along the way, they've figured out what works for them. It fits. So why don't we try following the example of David? Accept the gifts we've been given, offer them to God, and let him use them and us as only he can. Let's pray together.
Heavenly Father, we praise and worship you because you are God. Help us in all we do to take a stand today against everything that divides us or that causes upset and hurt and instead work for reconciliation and peace within this fellowship and the wider community. Father, as we take up our armour of faith, salvation, righteousness, truth, peace and of your Holy Spirit... Help us to remember to take this with us into our lives and conversations, rejoicing in our similarity and our difference. We thank you, Father, for the many gifts and talents you have given us. Be with us as we work to grow into the men and women of God, so that we don't bring glory to ourselves, but bring glory to you, our creator, protector, and guide.